0: ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Wilson Alexander joins us now. He is the LSU reporter on the beat, covering the team. For the uh, Advocate Baton Rouge, TomSpeakU, you, NOLA.com, you can check out all of his stuff. You can uh, follow him on Twitter at WHAlexander underscore, or the way I read it is Xander underscore. You get that a lot? Do people like just – I when I see the Twitter handle, I just see Whale. I can't help it.
1: Yeah, you're definitely not the first person to read it that way. I, it's interesting. People either read it that way or, or how you said it, "whl" because my middle name's Henry, and so the ace just comes from my initial. But yeah, there was this like Scholastic reading program in elementary school where you had to take like the first two, first initial, your first middle name, and then the first couple letters of your last name. And literally every time I would just be typing in whale. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's.
0: I mean, do you like whales? Thing. Like, it, it, did whales become a thing for you as a kid? nope nope no no interest nobody gave him whale dolls uh wilson's here to talk lsu football before we do wilson and you know you're a bit younger than me so you might not even have one or really know any but do you, do you have a favorite beastie boys song we, we ask most of our guests this question
1: um i don't I don't. I wish I had an answer for you. But yeah, uh, the Beastie Boys have never really been a, a band I've listened to very much. All right.
0: We're gonna we're gonna work on that. In the meantime I can go
1: back later than that though. I could give you a favorite Rolling Stones or a Beatles song, but I don't have Beatle uh Beastie Boys for you.
0: Yeah. No, I mean it's it's I mean, it's not like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones are really that big, right? So I mean I don't know if anyone follows those two bands. Uh all right, well no, give me one. What's your favorite Stone song? Gimme Shelter. All right. I mean, come on, dude. The guitar riff, the open to that, that's that's good stuff right there. That's good stuff right there. It's one of those ones where you, like, put it in a hype video for, like, football. uh, You're going to get hyped, right? You put it in a hype video before a fight, anything. It just works. A movie trailer. Um, Speaking of getting hyped, Wilson, uh, I know that some fans were hyped for LSU season. Others were skeptical, um, here they are three games into it. And while the performance last week certainly felt a little more, it, it certainly felt better than the week before. I know they beat McNeese state by 27 and central Michigan, I guess by 28, but the, the two performances felt different. Do you feel like the team, despite what they say, you're watching it, you're following it. Do you feel like they've turned a corner or are they still kind of maybe a neutral or reverse at this point?
1: Um, I think that you could say that they've turned a corner. Um, how big of a turner they've, big of a corner they've turned. Um, I don't. I don't know if we'll really know until they get into this FCC schedule because what you saw against Central Michigan is what else you should do against Central Michigan. Um, there, there should be, you know, it should it should not be a close game, and so, you know, it gives you a little bit of, of confidence that they went out and took care of business in the manner that they were supposed to, you know, they were explosive on offense. They went fast. They got out to an early lead. Whereas against McNeese, they just sort of stumbled through it. Um, And you could tell that there were some clear issues that they had to get fixed. And they seemed to fix them, at least uh, mostly fix them against uh, Central Michigan. And they have to continue to make improvement in all those areas in terms of run uh, blocking, pass protection, up tempo offense, uh, you know, stopping crossing routes and having Misses Hyman's on defense—all that stuff is still a work in progress. But you finally saw, okay, they went out and they did what they were supposed to do in this kind of a game. You hadn't really felt a lot of confidence uh, before it.
0: Wilson Alexander, I guess. You know, one thing Wilson to me that I guess if if you were somebody listening that was rooting for LSU that you probably hoped to see more of than you saw in that one was the rushing attack um max johnson aside from the pick six looks strong uh the O line gave him more time they look stronger but from a running standpoint a lot's been made about john emory being academically ineligible but just from an offensive line rushing attack it's it's been tough sledding at this point do you feel like if lsu doesn't get that right they can truly compete in the sec
1: No, probably not. Uh, You need to have a little bit more balance. I mean, you know, the way football is these days, you can rely heavily on your passing attack and win games and compete, but you need to be able to counterbalance that a little bit with the run. um, So the teams don't just drop back, you know, everybody into coverage. Uh, And then maybe in that case else, you would have a little bit more success, you know, getting uh, some running yards, but they're just not getting a lot of push. Off the ball, and they've tried to kind of counteract that by getting the you know outside running some like jet sweep stuff with Keishon Butte and um, counters and, and toss sweeps and, and being more creative in the run game the last uh, two weeks, and that's been a, a good thing to see in terms of their development. But it's not; they're still not where they need to be yet in that area. And against Central Michigan, one thing—I mean, the, the game plan the whole time was pass set up the run. They saw some things that they thought they could exploit in the secondary. Um, they moved Keishawn Bute over to the slot uh, to try to, just to try to help get him the ball early and often. And what that ended up doing, which Ewerson was, was admitted yesterday, wasn't even um, a uh, intention, was on one opportunities on the outside. Deion Smith, Jack Besh, et cetera, all these freshmen, and then they took advantage of it. And so that passing game set up the run later, and that was kind of you know what they wanted to do in this game. But you still saw how the running game when it was getting its chances just wasn't productive enough early on. They're going to have to get that figured out as they head into the
0: SEC schedule. Wilson Alexander, our guest LSU reporter on the beat for the advocate times, pick dot com. Check him out. Uh, looking at um, Andre Anthony, I know he had a nice uh, touchdown, uh, you know, scoop and score on Saturday's game, but got the bad news from coach Ogeron earlier this week that he is out for the season. Uh, tough, tough break for a guy that's, you know, I think, what, a six-year senior, maybe fifth year? So uh, what kind of impact do you see that having on the defensive side of the ball?
1: First of all, yeah, it just sucks for Andre. He's a six-year senior. It took him a while to really get him on the field on a consistent basis. He was uh, kind of basically helped for a couple different reasons his first two seasons. And then he was a backup, and he finally was a starter last year. And then this year he was having a good year: three and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, uh, was was really playing well, and had that scuba score fumble, like you said. And and then just gets a knee injury um, late, in, you know, in that second uh, quarter against Central Michigan. And you know, LSU, it's it, it hurts. I mean, you lose one of your best pass rushers, somebody who was also just an emotional leader of the defense, a captain, something that sometimes can get kind of underrated but you know that that really that matters and, and he's not going to be on the field he'll still be around um, I'm sure you'll see him at every single game um, almost like how Matthew Beck was on the baseball team for those who follow lc baseball as well like how he was injured the whole year but he was still around all the time you'll probably see Andre kind of like that um, but he uh, you know it, it affects what your rotation at defensive end. They're going to move Mason Smith, you know, the five-star freshman over to defensive end. You already saw that in the second half against Central Michigan, and they're going to continue to use him in that spot. Orgeron said that he's kind of a prototypical left defensive end in the NFL, and so maybe that'll be better suited for him. He's almost so tall that he was getting sort of beat off the ball a little bit um, at times playing inside, and so maybe it'll really help him continue to unlock his game. He was already really good, but you know maybe that'll help him a little bit. But you already at that spot have Ali Gay and BJ Ojulari, and it really puts just a lot more on those guys. Allie's going to come back after a two game absence uh, against Mississippi State, um, but it just you know it affects your depth and it takes away one of your best pass rushers.
0: Overall, looking sticking with the defense, uh, Wilson, what's the pulse like around campus, around Baton Rouge, around the program? It's no longer you know, Bo Pelini, and yet, you know, I mean, I think you've used the phrase, you know, crossing routes is something that LSU fans don't like to hear when their defense is on the field. But coming off of last year and then the the, the opener to UCLA where they kind of look lost at times and lost the game, where is the, is this defense my question to you? Are they, are they trending upward fast enough or are they, are they moving a little too slow? Because, it's hard to judge, right? Central Michigan, McNeese State, UCLA—kind of hard to judge where they are. As you said, we'll know a little bit more once they get into conference play this week and thereafter. But defense-wise, are, are they are they trending upward quick enough, or are they going a bit too slow in terms of the improvement needed after what unfolded last season and in week one?
1: You know, there, there's there's clear you know, when you ask about sort of how things people feel about Baton Rouge. There's in the fan base, there's clear scars from last season, emotional scars, um, When it comes, particularly when it comes to the defense. And when you just saw so many missed assignments and busts last year, that, and then you see them again in the season opener against UCLA, that even if this defense seems like it might be trending upward fast enough, we'll see. We, there's really no way to tell until they actually go out and they do it against an SEC opponent. Um, but they have played well the last two games. They had a couple busts, but they overall, I mean, you hold, you know, the opposing offenses to 21 points. Uh, there was, of course, the pick six against Central Michigan. Central Michigan scored. I mean, they didn't have McNeese. It was a shutout until the fourth quarter against McNeese. Um, Central Michigan had one offensive touchdown until late in the second half, uh, fourth quarter, I think. And again, this past weekend, and so you know that looks like trends in the right direction, but whether or not they've actually done enough to fix all those issues you know you, you won't know until conference play really gets going um and those crossing routes are going to get you know hit them right away with mississippi state you know this is that game last year that exposed so many of lc's flaws and those things lingered throughout the season and just became worse and worse they'll have a test here to see if they fixed them uh they better have done so
0: yeah i tell you what uh Looking at the SEC slate and really just at the SEC West, Auburn, uh, I, I expected Ole Miss to be pretty good this year, but I know you know one of the polls, they weren't even preseason ranked. Uh, Arkansas is better than expected, right? You know what Alabama brings to the table. A&M uh, is good. And then in the East, uh, Kentucky, we'll see. I mean, they haven't lost yet. Um, Florida, of course, is really strong point is, man, you look up and down at the rest of this schedule, particularly the conference schedule, and you got ULM there the second to last week. It is – this is going to be tough sledding. And Saturday's game to kick off conference play feels like – it, 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 it doesn't feel like it is, in my opinion, for Coach Ogeron, uh, just a crucial game in a lot of ways. You know, if you lose to Mississippi State – Maybe I'm over-exaggerated, but it feels like a potential tailspin just going into conference play. This Saturday feels like one of the bigger conference openers that I can remember, particularly just in terms of the pressure right now on the coaching staff, how the college football world is looking at, at, at that seat right now, whether it's hot or not. This, this feels like as important a conference. So certainly, I think it might be the, the biggest conference game uh, most important conference game of, of Coach O's tenure with the exception of the Dream season where obviously they were all big because you had to win them because you, you, know, you were going for the, the whole thing. But just in terms of job status and stuff, Wilson, this thing feels like a moment to me. Am I, am I over-exaggerating here? Do you feel like it, I, I shouldn't put that much stock into how big this game is Saturday for the LSU Tigers and in particularly Coach on?
1: No, you hit the nail on the head. This is the most important game that they have played since the national championship, because for all the reasons that you listed it, they need to get off to a good start in conference play. They need for their own psyche, even though week to week, you know, things can change to know, okay, you get that Mississippi state monkey off your back from last year in a little bit, you know, like we sort of talked about, you can move on in some ways from that kind of loss that, that still stings. Um, you know, said that he was, you know, embarrassed, and you can tell that they still feel that way about how they played against Mississippi State last year. So, you win this weekend, you can kind of move on from that, put that in the books, you know, to close that chapter, you in know, a, in, a, in a sense, you know, and and begin to get in the SEC schedule and prove that you're going to be competitive in this league. This year, I don't think has ever been about winning a championship necessarily for LSU because you just saw, I mean, coming back from five and five, it was going to be really hard to do that. Um, and they have so many young guys, but building toward a championship run and, and getting better and showing improvement week to week to week to week. And, you know, there might be some setbacks along the way this season, but that, that's really what they need to show throughout the year is that they're getting better. They're getting better. And that by the end of the season, you think, OK, sort of like in 2018, right, where by the end of the season, you think, OK, this team's going to be competitive. And for Orgeron, this program under Orgeron is going to be competitive moving forward. And that starts against Mississippi State.
0: Wilson Alexander has been our guest here on The Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Give him a follow on Twitter at WHAlexander underscore, WhaleXander underscore, whichever way you want to read it, just follow him. He's got great content. He does a great job covering the LSU Tigers. All right, Wilson, I guess we'll uh, we'll end it with the Beatles question. What is your favorite Beatles song of all time?
1: While My Guitar Gently Weeps.
0: You listen to a lot of Stones and Beatles, or, or you were just trying to just show me that you, you know, you're, you're an old soul.
1: No, I do. The best concert I've ever been to is Rolling Stones. My mom got us tickets for my birthday uh, a few years back. Um, they played in Atlanta. Um, I was raised on that kind of music, and it's always been
0: my favorite. Consider me jealous. Great stuff. Wilson Alexander has been our guest. Man, I appreciate the time. All the best, and uh, we'll talk to you again, all right?
1: All right, Scott. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, great stuff. From Wilson Alexander, up next we will get into the uh, Well, yeah, I mean, shoot, we got the, the the 8 o'clock hour coming up. We'll start it a little early. Ralph Malbrough will join me as um, we approach the top of the hour from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Saints historian, writer for WWLTV.com. We got Chris Lano coming up later in the show as well. Talked to Big Sauce, Taylor Humphrey earlier, just chatted with Wilton Alexander. It's a loaded Great Scott show on a Wednesday. You don't want to miss any of it. Is Ralph panicking? Is is his liver damaged by all he had to drink watching the Saints game? Because that was the only way he was going to get through that thing is if he drank heavily last Sunday. He drinks when he watches the Saints, whether it's because they're playing awful or playing good. But we'll check on his liver. We'll check on him. We'll talk all things Saints next right here. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app.